It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Listen, put me in the parking lot, you know, um, with Bears, and I'll go out there and play. It don't matter. You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on in to Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. I'm Zach Blackerby. Today's show will be a little different. I'm going to talk about some of the quarterback rumor, observations, uh, I don't even know what to call it, hypotheticals maybe. Um, We'll start off with that and then we will hear from Brad Rowland with Locked On Hawks. He does some stuff across the network regarding the NBA draft. So, yes, we're talking about Sharif Cooper. And then we'll wrap up the show. We'll talk uh, We'll talk with Jeff Sheeran. He covers UCF for SB Nation. Uh, we'll talk about Gus and um, what they thought about Gus before the hire, during the hire, after the hire, and uh, kind of the Auburn tie to all of that. So, a little different show. Auburn postponing their basketball game. Kind of threw me off a little bit. So kind of a little hodgepodge of a show here, but I think it's going to be fun. All right, so uh, I'm picking up dinner for my family. Uh, I guess this was yesterday, so Tuesday evening. I'm listening to The Drive on ESPN 106.7. Bill Cameron and Dan Peck, they um, they were talking with CBS Sports and Sirius XM Radio's uh, Barrett Sally. They talk to him every week. He's a friend of their program. And... They were talking about Auburn, of course, and just the the grad transfer quarterback market. And Barrett Sali kind of dove into what I think is a hot take. Some people may not, but based on the Discord, uh, the Locked on Auburn Discord, because I, I mentioned it there and we talked about it, but there's the speculation, according to Sali, the fact that Bo Nix is done being a starter at Auburn. And I don't know if I buy that, but he's looking at how Harson and Bobo are apparently going hard after grad transfer quarterback from Oregon, the former Oregon Ducks quarterback, Tyler Shug. And it's interesting because he's going to have three years of eligibility. He's leaving Oregon, and Auburn is apparently reportedly interested in this guy. And Sally is taking that as a, hey, he doesn't think it's just you bring in a guy to compete with Bo Nix, he thinks it could be his actual job. So that surprised me. Um, and then Bill, Bill or Dan, uh, responded and asked the question, well, like, well, what if, what if Shug doesn't go to Auburn? Then what? And his response was, hey, look, and, and this is something that we do need to consider here. He said, look, the FCS, that level of college football is about to get going because they're playing in the spring. They just pushed their season back, remember? And he's saying, hey, you know, North Dakota State may produce a quarterback or, you know, there could be some other quarterback at the FCS level that produces, uh, you know, the next Trey Lance, who's probably going to be a top five pick in this year's NFL draft in a few months. Could somebody like that go and then transfer to Auburn or some other Power 5 school going into the season? And it's going to be interesting to see how many players, and you know, Auburn's kind of got this situation with, with Joe, uh, Jocko Willis, but 
Are you going to be able to play a spring season, recover over the summer, and then play in the fall? This is going to be interesting. And a quarterback can probably do it more than some of the more physical positions. But I was I was surprised by his confidence that you know he believes Bo Nix is done as Auburn's starting quarterback. Let me know what you think. I'm on Twitter at Z Blackerby. I'm not buying it yet. I do want them to go get a guy like that. And I talked about it earlier in the week on the show. And a lot of you agreed with me. But I really hope the competition is legitimately open, whoever's here. Whether it's just Bo and D. Davis and Grant Loy. You know, if it's just those guys competing for the job and it truly is 100% open, I think that's great. But man, if they bring in somebody else with the intent of starting him over Bo, who? That'd be wild. That would be crazy. And I'm here for the chaos of it all. You know, I said similar things about that um, earlier in the week. We were talking about this, but you know, and there's there's speculation. You know, I've seen it some places that Auburn can get two transfer guys, and then it's like, does Bo leave at that point? Is Harson going to be that eager for a reboot? Once again, I don't see it. I just I don't see a path that makes sense or that's probable. I don't see a path that is probable for any other outcome that Bo Nix is a starting quarterback. We'll see. We'll see. And you know, I'm just not convinced. Like, is Tyler Shug is he is he better than Bo? Or is it just different? Uh, I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. But, yeah, let me know what you think. I'd love to hear it. I would absolutely love to hear it. All right, Brad Rowland with Locked on Hawks. We're talking a little NBA draft um, in just a moment. I even asked him about some future Auburn Tigers. That's next right here on Locked on Auburn. Today's show brought to you by our friends... At Built Bar, it's the best tasting protein bar ever. If you've tried Built Bar, you know it's funny. I love how many of you text the listener hotline or uh, slide into my DMs on on Twitter or Instagram and say, "Hey, thank you so much! <laughs> thank you so much for uh, for turning me on the Built Bars. I'm addicted. They're delicious. You know, my whole family loves them. And all you have to do is order a box, and you'll get it." Like, you really, really will get it. We love them here at the Blackerby household. They come in a a bunch of different flavors. If you follow them on social media, I highly recommend it. If you follow them just for a few weeks, I promise you'll buy some because they look so good and they show kind of the process behind it. But, yeah, all the bars are covered 100% in chocolate, but they're starting to make some that are covered in white chocolate. I'm a big white chocolate guy. I haven't had those yet, but I'm looking forward to trying it. All of them soft and easy to chew, very high in protein, very low in calories, and they legitimately taste like a candy bar. Go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKEDON, one word, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, LOCKEDON, and you'll get 20% off your next order. Use promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off. That's at BuiltBar.com. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months, or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. 
Brad Roland with Locked On Hawks joining us for the next few minutes. How you doing, bud? I really appreciate your time today. It's my pleasure. Always happy to talk about some uh, NBA draft slash college basketball, and it's sort of a break from my uh, full-time-ish job. Sure, sure. And, you know, Auburn fans listening are kind of hoping it's really not an NBA draft topic yet because they want Sharif Cooper to stick around for a little bit. But let's assume that he goes, Brad. Let's assume that he decides to enter the NBA draft. How's the NBA currently looking at a guy like Sharif Cooper? Yeah, not to pour water on Auburn fans. I think he's probably going to be going. That's my guess. Yeah. Um, just judging by what I've heard about him, I will say he is kind of polarizing. Um, and not not in terms of like draftable versus undraftable kind of thing, but more like I've seen people have him as a surefire lottery pick, and then I've seen people that have him as like a late first, maybe even second round pick. So I'll, it's probably it's pretty easy to see why. You, you could probably guess why that is. But I would say he has been rising kind of steadily since he uh, broke back on the scene when he began playing, obviously. So, you know, I think if it's me, I'm my, my consensus would probably be somewhere in the first round. But uh, like I said, the the opinions are kind of wide ranging on him. So you look at an undersized guard like Sharif Cooper and maybe from a size and stature, he may look something like Trey Young, but doesn't have the shot selection and, and the sh- you know the shooting consistency as a guy like Trey Young, which you know very well covering the Hawks. Is there a guy that Cooper kind of reminds you of in the NBA? It's tough because, as you mentioned, the shot is going to be the question. And if people do not believe in the jump shot, uh, that's a big if, by the way. I'm not, I'm not saying that I don't believe in the jump shot, but the guy that you hear, if you got, if you do not buy the shot, someone like Ishmith, who's like a veteran, you know, eight, ten year NBA player who's yeah. been a starter, been kind of a fringe backup at times too, but a smaller guy, quickness. Breaks the defense down off the dribble, all that stuff. And that's kind of a worst case scenario, which again, not a, not a bad scenario. That's a long time NBA career, but in the lottery, you wouldn't be thrilled with that necessarily. So that's the one that I've heard the most, honestly. If you buy the shot, you start getting into some more lofty um, lofty comparisons, obviously. But you, you would know better than I would. You know, he's listed at six foot one, one eighty. I've heard that he might even be smaller than that. Like, yeah, I'm not even. Sure. I'm not sure. Yeah, but uh, yeah, that that's that. It's maybe a question. It's definitely a question of some sort. He is so quick, so that's not going to be that big of a problem. But the, the size is definitely a concern. Sure. So his his inability to be consistent with any kind of jumper. He loves to attack the rim, and I think he's gotten better. You know, around you know in the paint and getting closer to the basket as far as layups and you know high percentage shots, but. Obviously, the farther you get away, the more uncomfortable and the more inconsistent he looks. How much does the NBA care about that right now? Or are they going to kind of say, hey, we can fix your shot over the span of two or three years? Are they okay with that? Yeah, I mean, they're going to have to care in terms of the evaluation on some level just because of how small he is. But there's a couple of encouraging factors. I think the free throw shooting is a good sign. He's above 80% from the free throw line. That is often an indicator that a guy can be salvaged as a perimeter shooter. Also, it's 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 a pretty small sample size. Not that anyone thought he was going to be a great shooter coming in, but his current numbers are probably not indicative either. He's a better shooter than he's been so far at Auburn, I think, going back to uh, high school and beyond that. So the, he's going to have to make shots um, at a higher level than he has so far. That's going to be, um, if not the number one question, it's one of his bigger questions right now. But I think that there is a lot to work with. Um, the, the natural touch he has is encouraging for one for one thing. So he'll have a shot doctor. The minute, the minute he arrives in the NBA, for sure, they'll have somebody working with him, trying to figure it out. And, uh, you know, the ceiling doesn't have to be off the chart. He doesn't have to be Dame Lillard as a shooter. He just has to be able to make the defense guard him out there in order to open up the defense for everybody else. Is it a mechanical thing, Brad? I mean, I, I've read, and, you know, I'm not a, I'm not a shot 
robot doctor by any means, but you know, I've read that he leans back a little bit, shoots off of his back foot a little bit. Is that something that you've seen at all? Yeah, I'm not a shot doctor either by any means, but that's something that, def- that definitely checks out. I've heard that as well. The balance is not always there for him. And I think that that's something that can be fixed. It's not like he has an absolutely broken stroke. It's not like he shoots the ball in a very strange way or anything like that. So that's probably a good thing, all things considered, that, that he has maybe a couple of minor tweaks that he can get figured out, um, especially with some high-level coaching in the future um, and more targeted kind of stuff like that because – you know, it's not broken. That's kind of the biggest thing yeah. for me is that it's not broken. And he has so much else going for him offensively between his passing and his quickness and all of that, his ball handling, that there's a lot to work with. And all they have to do is kind of get him to a shot uh, to a place where his jump shot is not a huge weakness. Sure. So, Brad, zooming out just a hair, looking at, you know, how the NBA views what Auburn is doing and kind of the, the program that Bruce Pearl has going. I mean, Auburn went years without having a draft pick. And then Chumo Kiki goes just outside of the lottery. Probably would have been a lottery pick if he hadn't have messed his knee up, uh, you know, in the in that final four run that Auburn had. The following year, Isaac Okoro, top five draft pick. It certainly seems like Cooper is going to be a lottery pick. If not, he's going to be just outside of it. How is the NBA viewing these Bruce Pearl, you know, these these quick offenses, shoot early in the shot clock, and then, you know, he's recruiting these long, long players that, that are super athletic. How's the NBA view a system like Bruce Pearl's? Yeah, I think it's a pretty good system overall in which to evaluate from. It's not like absolutely perfect, for instance, but they do play fast. That's always helpful just because you have more possessions, honestly, and it's a little bit more of an NBA tempo in a lot of ways. Obviously, Cooper is a lot different than Okoro and Okiki. Those yeah. guys were just kind of fitting in everywhere because they're you know defense first in a lot of ways. They're great athletes, all that stuff. Whereas Cooper, they've kind of, they kind of let him cook a little bit, and that's a good thing, I think, for him. And it's also going to help Auburn recruiting, I think, to have three consecutive first round picks, most likely. That's always a good thing if you're uh, an Auburn observer. So even if you happen to lose uh, Cooper, it's probably going to help you with recruiting too. But I think that, yeah, it's a pretty good system. They're not playing like unfathomably fast, but they have good offensive uh, sort of numbers. They have good offensive bona fides. That they, they've been shooting a, lot, a decent amount of threes, um, not always making a ton of them, but, but taking a lot. That's always a good thing. It's sort of a modern approach. It's not like all the way to where like Alabama is. I know everybody hates Alabama over there, but uh, that's that's the that's the one you always hear right now in terms of the way that NATO's is coaching. It's not quite all the way there in terms of NBA bona fides, but Auburn is very, very modern the last few years under, under Pearl. In addition to the recruiting being better, they're just a lot easier to mine for NBA talent because of the way they're playing. I know you focus on the NBA and you, you know, you, you, you're definitely involved in the NBA draft process, but as far as guys that are currently in high school that are very highly rated, I mean, a guy that's coming into Auburn, Jabari Smith, is that anything, you know, have you heard anything about him? Any kind of excitement looking ahead to, you know, I guess that'd be the 2022 NBA draft with Jabari Smith. He seems to be a lock for a lottery pick. Have you heard anything about him? Yeah, I mean, just the kind of general stuff. I'm not like two years ahead usually on this sure, stuff. Yeah, but he, but he's a local guy. He's a local guy from uh, not from Atlanta, but close to Atlanta and yeah, Sandy Creek. Right. So I've heard a lot about him. Uh, he is highly touted, and like like I said, I, if you've looked up a, a, a lot of uh, like 22 mock drafts right now, you probably would see his name quite a bit in the lottery. So that's kind of all I, I I think I've only seen him play once, so I don't have too much analysis for you. Right. But obviously, anytime you bring in a, a consensus top five six recruit in the country, uh, the expectation usually is one and done on those guys at this point in time. So. Uh, uh, hopefully Auburn will not uh, necessarily uh, slow him down in that process. It's kind of a sure. conflicting thing if you're if you're an Auburn fan. You want to have a guy who's good enough to go to the NBA, but not too good. It's kind of, it's kind of crazy. Right. Absolutely. Brad, thank you so much for your time, man. Really, really appreciate it. Where can Auburn fans find uh, find all the stuff that you put out? I know you put out a lot of Atlanta things. 
Yeah, absolutely. I am the host of the Lockdown Hawks podcast on this same network, and I also do a ton of NBA draft coverage. Uh, last year, I did uh, a lot of stuff with the Lockdown NBA draft forum basically along with chad ford and all that stuff on the same network i also write about the nba draft over at dime so that's dimemag.com and uh if you like the hawks peachtreehoops.com where i'm also the editor-in-chief and occasionally write about other non-hawks things in that space so uh, plenty of stuff places to find me at also find all my stuff on twitter at bt roland brad does everything and uh really really appreciate his time uh speaking of everything you can bet on everything At betonline.ag. Do you like that transition? No? Bad? Cheesy? That's okay. Yeah, obviously football's over, but the NBA, like we just talked about with Brad, that's still going. College basketball, the NHL, and baseball's right around the corner. What, tomorrow, I think, the Braves uh, pitchers and catchers report, which is awesome. Uh, BetOnline even covers uh, awards and TV shows, reality TV. They have real updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and you can get your uh, your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. So if you want to put $100 in, you get an extra 50, 200, you get an extra 100. Easy as that. And that promo code is locked on. L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. You can bet on anything. Jaws wants to bet on the Buffalo Bills. I don't know if I recommend doing that, but you know if you feel good about the Tigers matchup, with uh, you know Mississippi State coming up with that weird schedule mishap, if you think that benefits the home team, maybe that's something you want to look at. BetOnline.ag, use promo code LOCKEDON for that extra deposit bonus. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. We're now joined by Jeff Sharon with a black and gold banneret. Jeff, thank you for giving me a few minutes of your time. Really appreciate it. How are you? Hey, Zach, I'm doing good, man. Thanks for having me. Of course, of course. So the news breaks, uh, Gus Malzahn heading to UCF. What was UCF fans' point of view on all of this? You know, it was interesting. That when the, uh, there were a lot of options. I think that the, the one thing that UCF fans knew and that we knew coming in was that there would be a lot of people lining up to try and get this job. It's considered a, a really coveted job in college football because of you know the place where you're in. The, the commitment to the commitment that UCF has made to to high level football, and also the fact that UCF is a place where coaches know they can just coach. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't have to deal with a lot of the a, a lot of the other bells and whistles. But when that, but there was a when Gus Malzahn kind of came down when the news came down the other the other night that you know that UCF was extending an offer to him. It was initially met with uh, a little with a little bit of disappointment because of the thought that. Well, for two reasons. Number one, there is the mistaken belief that you know Gus Malzahn is oh just another you know Power Five retread like a move down. And then the other part was I think a lot of fans kind of hopped on the the Jeff Lebby bus, the offensive coordinator for Ole Miss, who hmm. had coached at UCF prior to that. And and a lot of the players said uh, about a month ago when the job came open expressed support for Lebby, uh, but uh, in, in particular. Uh, a lot of former players and some current ones as well. But when the news sort of 
started to, when everyone started to digest the news yesterday uh, in the morning and then up through, up through the press conference, the overwhelming uh, percentage of UCF fans were completely on board with Gus. He totally gets the idea, uh, and he gets what UCF is about, and then he completely knocked it out of the park with the press conference. There's no doubt about that. So, um, so UCF fans are uh, are 100% on board with Gus right now. It took a little bit of time to warm up to it, to warm up to it, but you know we're buying what he's selling. What was the fan base's view of Gus since, I mean, obviously Auburn and UCF met uh, in Atlanta for a bowl game several years ago, and UCF, of course, won, claimed the national championship from it, and, you know, a lot was made of that game for both sides. What was what was UCF's view of Gus Malzahn after that game? You know, the, the view of, UC, of UCF fans afterwards was really not that favorable because uh, there was a little bit of thought that, you know, did, you know how did how did mighty Auburn, right, who had beaten Alabama and came within an eyelash of going to the college football playoff that year, um, not take UCF that seriously? And there and there were reports in the media that you know, well, Carryon Johnson for one said, you know, yes, we did take them seriously. Uh, they we just got beat. But I think a lot of fans, you know, kind of didn't really like. There's something about that game that UCF fans just didn't like how we how they approached it. And then the other thought was. Well, we already beat him. Like, why, why would he, why would we want him to come here? And yeah. again, that was sort of a mistaken belief. I think a lot of you fans kind of formed their opinion about Gus based on that one game. Which, first of all, Gus came out and said in the press conference yesterday, he's like, "Look, we were totally prepared to play that game. We were ready to play UCF. We just got beat. <laughs> that's just, that's just what happened." Yeah. And uh, and and the other thing about it was it was you know listen his record against Alabama speaks for himself. I think he's won as many games. Uh, against Alabama, at, against uh, Nick Saban coached Alabama teams as any as I think anyone else has. Um, yeah, it's him and Dabo, and, and then there's a big drop off. Yeah, him, yeah, right. As anyone and more than anyone else in the SEC. And in addition, you know, his, he's known for offense. He literally wrote the book on the no huddle spread offense. Uh, and uh, and in addition, he's you know his his reputation. I think what really focused on was his reputation among his players, his former players, his current players. How he handled his departure at Auburn, I think, also played into it a little bit. He handled it with a lot of class, um, with a an, with a program that really kind of didn't. You, you know, you could say that you know you probably know more on this than me, but it but it really looked like from afar like they were trying to boot him out of there for the last two years, despite the fact that he was still getting results at Auburn, um, and was kind of handcuffed by some of the things that were going on over there. So, um, you know, the, I think that that perception of him evaporated away from that. Yeah, and like, you know, there's been a lot made out of you know the booster culture and you know what all he had control of, you know, kind of like behind yeah. closed doors and all that. And it sounds like he wants to deal with that at UCF. You know, you mentioned him killing the press conference and doing an outstanding job, and a lot of folks talking about it on Auburn Twitter and Auburn message boards about just how relaxed and like not stressed he looked, and it looked weird. <laughs> it looked like Gus was actually <laughs> having fun and stuff. It was a very um, a very different sight from what folks are used to seeing with Gus. Well, he's the, the first thing to notice, that, and he mentioned this, he's in a, he's in a place with a familiar face in Terry Mohazer, the new AD who took over for Danny White. And right. Terry was the AD at Arkansas State when Gus was there for the one year that he was there in 2012. 
Um, it was a bit of a surprise that Terry came here, but I think it, it helps having like a really familiar face as your new boss. Yeah. Uh, he also spoke about how you know, it, it took him about a week to sort of decompress after everything. And he spent some time with his family and it talked about his grandkids and everything. And it took him about a week and then he, and then the UCF job opened up and he, and he said that he, he realized that, you know, I, you know, I'm okay. I've decompressed away from Auburn and, but I think I still want to coach. He, he, he had said that he thought about spending a year in TV and then getting back in the game. And then the UCF job opened up, and he realized, and and he spoke with his family about it, and he was like, "Listen, this job may not come open again, so I'm going to try. So maybe we should go and get this, or, or at least try to get it." And that's exactly what, and that's exactly what he did. He went in with it. He he went in with it. He said he actually put his um, that he he had you know, he had said that he was interested in it before Terry Mahajer actually became the AD, and then when Terry came on board, he was like, "Oh yeah, now I want in." Yeah, uh, and he went in there, and I think that's. That's uh, that's sort of a, an element to what UCF brings to the table. It's uh, you know as as a non-power conference institution, you know UCF has uh, a lot of the things that a lot of coaches, not just in football but in all sports, really really care about it. A, a commitment to athletics from the president and the athletic department in general, a commitment from the boosters, but they don't meddle and throw their weight around. I think at a, at a lot of other places that I think you could say you're kind of too big to fail and and, and i and and, the, and and because of that the coaches can coach and they don't have to worry about a lot of the other extraneous political stuff that a lot of coaches absolutely hate you know and yeah. uh, and and then and and guts i mean you guys know guts better than anybody he's he's just a football coach at heart i mean he coached he coached high school football for a decade you know yeah no all, all he wants to do is um is watch film and and coach and, yeah. and and recruit and build relationships with guys and he's he's been better uh better than most at it and auburn fans are going to pull hard for gus and they're going to have a lot of interest there's going to be a ton of auburn interest uh, when UCF opens their season against Boise State, because the Gus tie and then Brian Harson, who came from Boise, is going to be all of his players, right. and like that's going to be a very interesting game for Auburn fans as well. Yeah, that's going to be really interesting. College football is just a flat circle, right? Harson yeah. comes over, takes over for Gus, and the new head coach at at, uh, at Boise State comes in, and his first game is against Gus at his first game at UCF. So I'm hoping that we have a full uh, bounce house for everybody to watch that game because it's going to be a very, very interesting matchup and potentially two of the best quarterbacks in the country, too, uh, taking uh, taking the stage in that game as well. Yeah, for sure. Jeff, last question. I've got to ask this. So, came across the video on Twitter. It made its way around Auburn Twitter and message boards and, and things like that. And on loop several times because it really was it was just like one of the cringiest things I've seen. But I, it may not be the UCF folks. And I want to know... If this is a normal practice, and you may know where I'm going here, but he comes off the the podium and the UCF's mascot um, knights him and like motions uh, Gus to stand up and hands him the sword, and he just looked incredibly uncomfortable and didn't know what to do. Is that a normal procedure when a coach is hired at UCF? <laughs> you know, believe it or not, the first I, I've been following UCF for two decades. Uh huh. The first time I ever saw the mascot Nitro knight somebody, it was Terry Mohajer when he got hired, okay. and it, last week. 
That's the first time I've ever seen that. And, yeah. now, and now apparently we've made a tradition out of it. Yeah, Gus did kind of look a little awkward, like, <laughs> what do I do here? we gotta, we got to brush Gus up on his medieval history. But, uh, but you know, he, he was a good sport about it, and we, and we appreciate him playing along with it. And, uh, uh, you know, it, some of the hokier ones like me, you know, kind of like, kind of like we're all in on the dad joke, right? You know, totally. Yeah. But we'll, you know, I mean, if that becomes a tradition, you know what? That's cool. I'll yeah. Take it. Just don't call us the Golden Knights. We dropped the Golden 13 years ago. Right, right. Uh, Jeff, for uh, for Auburn folks listening that want to kind of keep in touch or kind of keep tabs on what Gus is doing with his new program, where where can they find all your work? You can hit us up uh, at blackandgoldbanneret.com. That's banner with an E-T at the end. We're SB Nation's home for uh, UCF sports, and we cover all sports, not just football and men's basketball. So we cover all sports, and we uh, do so uh, very proudly for, for UCF. You can hit us up on Twitter at UCF underscore Banneret and on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Black and Gold Banneret. And you can also follow me at Jeff underscore Sharon. Awesome. Jeff, thank you so much for your time, man. I appreciate it. Jack, thanks. Thanks to you. And uh, hey, stay warm up there and stay safe, all right? Hey, thank you so much, brother. A little bit of a different show. If you guys like this style of podcast, let me know. I do less guests than I used to. Just, I really don't have a reason one way or the other. If you guys like this more of an outside um, view, let me know. Uh, you know, I try to be so focused on Auburn, but folks on the Discord were like, hey, you need to get somebody with Locked On UCF on to talk about Gus. I'm like, we don't have a UCF thing, but I, I, I'll work on that. So if you guys want more of that, please let me know. I'm on Twitter at Z Black. The show's on Twitter at Locked On Auburn. And really, the Discord is um, is super, super handy for um, just getting in touch with me as well. So, um, yeah, I, I, you know, I do this show for you guys. I don't necessarily do it for me. I do it for you guys. So let me know. What else you guys want? If you guys want more coaches or more former players or other analysts, national folk, whatever. I, mean, I, I want to stick to Auburn, obviously, but yeah, let me know what you think. Let me know what you think. We'll be back tomorrow right here on Locked on Auburn. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked on podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.